Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Candy Cantrell, and you are listening to the Seriously Eve podcast, where reality and spirituality are represented by that famous biblical apple. If you've ever picked your will over what God intended, then you are a sister I can relate to. The good news is, we are forgiven. And what the enemy meant for evil, our Father God can turn to good. Happy to have you join this journey with us as we discover our worth through the God that chose Eve and chose you and me. Today, we are kicking it old school. We're going back to the 1990s. Now, if you're old enough to remember, you'll remember the What Would Jesus Do movement. And if you aren't old enough, let me just shed a little light on it for you. This was a time when Christians were using the motto WWJD, and it was just a constant reminder to us to always represent the love of Jesus, to demonstrate him in all of our actions. And the other day, I was reading about David in the Bible, and I just was thinking about how much he has a heart of God, and it made me think back to this movement. And I was like, I need to remind myself of this all the time. In fact, I went on eBay to get me one of those bracelets because it's so important right now with everything going on in our world and politics and and you know school starting for you that are youth that we have to make sure that we don't get inside ourselves and that we do represent the true love of Jesus in all that we do. Now, I want to share with you the scripture where this came from, and it's from Galatians 2.20. And this is the NIV version, but it's when Paul is speaking about faith and not works. And he says, I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So what this is pretty much saying is you have to die to yourself and say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me of my sins. I want to be washed clean of everything. And from this day forward, I want to live for you. I want to demonstrate the life of Jesus. I want to chase you. I want to know your word. I want to pray. You know, you want a complete life change. And it's no longer about the works of this world that you do, but it's what you do for him and for the kingdom of God. So today, I just want to inspire you. First of all, I am going to tell a great story that happened to me on my very first mission trip to Haiti. I am going to tell that after I say these few things. So I want to ask you, especially youth right now, you are either back in school or you're getting ready to go back to school. I want you this week to ask yourself constantly, what would Jesus do? As you are maybe among your peers or you are on social media or you're responding to a text, I want you to ask yourself, is this what Jesus would say? Is this how Jesus would act? And you are living in a really rough time. I feel so bad for our youth today that are facing everything that they're facing, but you are also living in an opportune time to just show the love of Jesus and help save lives. You know, the whole saying, make heaven crowded. You are living in the perfect time to be that tool. And God chose you during this time too. And he built you with what you need, the strength that you need to make it through this. So I want to encourage you first. And then as far as women, you know, we are 
constantly battling with insecurities and maybe jealousy. And I know my personal one that I have to watch all the time is judgment. And that's the last thing that I should ever have towards anybody because of my life and my testimony and what I've been through. And I'm constantly reminding myself, Candy, remember where you came from. So I don't know what different battles you may have. But this week, I want to challenge you to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? And men, You may have someone who is telling dirty jokes or sending you pictures that are not godly pictures, and you're dealing with maybe a moment of lustful thoughts towards a coworker, or, you know, your battles are many also. So I just want to ask you all this week to just ask yourself as you walk out your every day, what would Jesus do in this circumstance? Now, I'm going to tell you the time that happened for me where I was wearing this bracelet that just impacted me. And of course, our everyday life isn't this big, but this is one that I'm going to be reminded of this entire week. And what happened because I did ask myself that question. It was 1994, and we were, uh, this was my ex-husband and I, were on a mission trip to Haiti, and we had taken a truck up with our missionary to this really secluded area. And I know even driving up there, we had to duck because there was a lot of trees and stuff sticking out that were, you know, dangerous that could cut you. And so even just the trip up there was a really rough, rough trip. So it's not one that our missionary wanted to have to do more than once. So we got up to this place and there were people everywhere. And it was the poorest of poor that I had ever seen. Now at this time, I'm a mom. I've got a bunch of kids at home. We really didn't have the money to even go on this mission trip, but we did a lot of fundraising. We felt like we were supposed to go. So I'm already a little nervous. And here we are all these people are sick, they're hungry, and all we have is loaves of bread and some water that we brought up, and of course, our witness. And we started to walk around and pray for people. And it was intimidating because some of the people were super sick. And you had the fear of, could I catch what they have? You know, I don't know what this terminal illness is. So there was a lot of fear and anxiety going on. And we walked over and we found over where the goats were, a site that I will never be able to get out of my mind. But there was this newborn baby that was laying there caked in goat feces. And I looked down at my bracelet, WWJD, and I was just out of extreme fear stopped myself and asked, what would Jesus do in this moment? And I reached down and picked up this little lifeless baby. And I remember all I had, I was too young to eat the bread that we brought, but I had had a Twizzler in my pocket. And I remember pulling that Twizzler out and putting in its mouth. And I couldn't tell it was really alive until I did that. And it started to suck on that Twizzler. And I was like, oh, it's so hungry. And the tears were falling out of my eyes so fast and hard that it literally left streams of clear marks on its stomach through the dirt. And I called the missionary over and I asked her, I was like, what is the situation here? And can I bring this baby back with us? And she was trying to explain, she's been there for years and years. And she's like, Candy, we can't do that. If we do that, if we bring that child back, there'll be 
thousands of them at my doorstep and we aren't equipped to handle that many. And I cried and cried. I was like, please, will you let me go buy formula? If I if if we come up with the money, can we hire somebody to take us and, and to go get formula into Port-au-Prince was a long way away. So to beg this person to do this for us was, you know, it was a big task for her. But when we finally were leaving, she agreed that she would do this for us. And I remember I had to leave that baby laid down. Nobody would take the baby. And I had to lay it back down on the ground. And I walked away with this extreme <sighs> desire and passion and faith and and emotions. And I said, God, please, if you ever want me to come back here, save that baby, please let that baby stay alive until we get back here. So I'm going to hurry this story because it is very detailed, but it took a couple days and we got formula and we had someone hired to take us back up to that mountaintop. And we got there and I'm just like, God, I am trusting you that you wouldn't have let me think that thought. You wouldn't have let me act on this if it wasn't be that you weren't going to come through in a mighty way. And they came running with this little baby and it still looked like it was bad off, but they knew we were coming back with formula. So they tried to to save its life until we got there. And I filled up a bottle of formula and I remember they gave me this little wicker chair. It was like a child's chair. And I stood on it and I fed this baby a bottle and the milk was just just flowing down its face. And I cried and I I preached what I believe is my first little sermon. And I just talked about the love of Jesus that he would send this this mom and dad who really didn't have the money. And we had kids at home that needed us that would send us all the way here to this third world country up into the top of this mountain to save this baby. And I shared with them the love of Jesus. We had an interpreter. His name is John, who I have a whole great testimony and story about him and the years of knowing him in Haiti and the work he's done. But in this moment, he sat there and he he shared in Creole what I was saying, but we shared the love of Jesus. And when we left there, we had given enough formula to save this one baby. Now I'm going to fast forward this to four years later. I had a desire to go back. We never went back to the area to see if that baby had made it. It was not ever in our mission trips to make it back up there, but I had trusted God. And so it's four years later and a friend of mine, Jamie, uh, we raised money and came up with uh, enough Christmas gifts to bring back to Haiti to throw three separate Christmas parties at three different locations. And one of them was going to be at that location. And we showed up there. That was the last of our our three uh, Christmas parties. And, and when we arrived at that mountaintop, we met the mother of that baby and she came up to us with another child in her other hand. Here's these two beautiful four-year-olds, a boy and a girl. So she shared the story of why she had laid that child down. She had laid the little girl down knowing that if she was going to be able to save one at all, she would, you know, choose to save the boy. And so that formula had actually given life to two beautiful four-year-olds. I am going to post a picture on our website. I'm hoping I can find it. So look on our website for that picture. I I believe I still have the one of when it's a baby and also as the two four-year-olds at that Christmas party. 
So I am here to tell you that it can be something small and it can be something large that God can use that if you will just remember to ask yourself, what would Jesus do in this moment? You have no idea of the impact that could take place because you might show the love of Jesus and think outside of your own capability or your own fears and just trust him. So I'm I'm really happy to share this story with you. It makes me sad that, you know, later in life I fell away from the Lord and that I years and I it still burdens me to this day. The people that were impacted by that story may have also known about my falling away from Christ. And that's something that will always be there in in my heart. But I also know that God's given me this opportunity now to walk out every day thinking, how would Jesus do it? And to try to represent his love. So I can also represent the love of Jesus for those who have fallen. And, you know, maybe you were really impactful in this world, but then, you know, the enemy came in and you found yourself lost. So just know that uh, the other thing that Jesus would do is forgive. He will forgive you. So whether you need to read Galatians again, and maybe you're that person who is needing to ask Jesus into your heart, or you just need to be reminded that you are to die to the things of the world and to represent the love of Christ. And so I'm just going to pray now for all of you for that strength this week. Father, I just ask that you would, you know, encourage everyone listening to to flip it, to ask themselves in their situation, what what would Jesus do right now? How would he act? How would he respond? And give them the strength to do what it is they need to do. And for the the unbeliever who may be struggling, I just pray right now that they would find this scripture and, um, you know, let it be relevant to their life and ask you into their heart. And God, for those who may be struggling and, you know, they've you did what I did and they fell away from you, Lord, that you'll help call them back, that you'll put people in their lives, that you'll maybe send that person to them that will, you know, help tell the story of God's love. And, and Father, in all of it, I ask that you just, you know, your love shows through this podcast, that your love shows through my voice, that your love is constantly um, in my everyday walk personally. And I thank you for all you've done. Amen. Wow, what a blessing it was talking with you today. You know, my prayer is that within every Seriously Eve podcast, something will resonate with you and impart that unconditional love of Jesus. If you felt that today, I would like to invite you to visit us at www.seriouslyeve.com for more content. Follow us on Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok at Seriously Eve. Until next week, remember... Chase God with everything in you and save yourself a lot of heartache by staying away from those forbidden apples. Love you and call you blessed.